Welcome everyone to the Happy Hustle Podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Jack, lifestyle entrepreneur, professional model slash actor, biohacker, and eco-warrior striving to make a positive impact on this planet. My goal is to inspire, educate, and entertain you while reminding you to enjoy the journey, not just the destination, as you happy hustle for a life of passion and purpose. I am so grateful and humbled to be spending some time together today. Now let's dive in. What is up, you beautiful happy hustlers out there? Carrie Jack here, and I hope you're having an amazing day. I mean it, just enjoying this very moment right here, right now, and everything in it. And in this episode of the Happy Hustle Podcast, we are chatting with Mr. Chad Whitfeld, who really is a happy hustler through and through, guys. He is a real estate investor. He is a digital marketing agency owner. He is an online entrepreneur. He is a crypto mining expert. I mean, the guy is really crushing it. And he's also um, been actually helping the Happy Hustle grow and expand his attention because we've collaborated on a couple projects. So I know him personally, and I really do know that he's living the happy hustle lifestyle. And in this episode, we dive deep down the rabbit hole of how to actually get more attention with your business, with your products, with your services, and how to expand that marketing runway so that you target your ideal client avatars at the proper time with the proper message. We also touch on real estate investing and how Chad is actually the owner in multiple apartment buildings and how he did his first deal and real estate syndication. And it's interesting that we even, you know, talk about taxation and and we talked, you know, then in terms of cryptocurrency because he just recently set up a supercomputer mining lab for Ethereum in his living room, and it's printing him passive income um, in the form of Ethereum. And so we talk about that. Uh, You guys are going to get a lot out of this interview. I know we we really hit it off and, and just rocked the mic for a while. And there's just tons of good lessons of entrepreneurship, of grit, of happy hustling just sprinkled throughout. So if you guys want to learn more about Chad, you can go to chadwittfeldt.com. That's W-I-T-T-F-L or F-E-L-D-T.com and learn more about him or you can connect with him on Facebook. But yeah, this is going to be a fun one for you guys to dive into. I know I really enjoyed it. And if you guys are enjoying it, share it with a friend, you know, share it with someone who wants to get into real estate or wants to expand, you know, their business with marketing or wants to get into crypto because there was some gold dropped in this one. So that's how we continue to to share this message with the world. I thank you for listening, y'all. Now let's dive in to this episode of the Happy Hustle Podcast. Real quick, guys, I just want to thank this episode's sponsor, Bioptimizer, who is bringing to market one of the best products regarding magnesium. And if you didn't know, 80% of Americans are deficient in magnesium. And it's not just one of those things where you take more and you're going to become suddenly healthy and optimized. You need the right kinds of magnesium. Now, Magnesium Breakthrough actually has all seven forms of magnesium that you need in the proper ratio. That's why I take it. That's why I love it. It's a staple. Right before I go to bed, I take two pills and I go right to sleep. And then I wake up restful with 
deep REM sleep under my belt, ready to seize the day. You guys get the hookup from listening to the Happy Hustle podcast by going to magnesiumbreakthrough.com and then use code HAPPY. You can save up to 33% if you get multiple bottles. And the best part is you actually get 365 days to decide if you like it or not, because they have a money back guarantee for the next year. So you really have nothing to lose and everything to gain. So check it out. Thanks again by Optimizers. And I highly recommend Magnesium Breakthrough. Now let's get back into this episode. All right, Chad Whitfield, welcome to the Happy Hustle podcast, my brother. I am super stoked to connect. Likewise. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man, this is going to be a fun one. I mean, you are a real estate investor. You're also a digital marketing agency owner. You're an online badass entrepreneur, a gearhead. You know, you you love tearing it up with the motorcycles and the dirt bikes and the mountain bikes. And, you know, we have so much in common. And, you know, we actually met through our good buddy, Adam Adams. Yep. And we've worked together on a couple of things with the Happy Hustle. And, and your agency has helped really expand our awareness with, a, with a, a bunch of different campaigns. And so I'm interested to dive into all of that. But before we do, Chad, what's something interesting about yourself that not too many people know? Yeah, for sure. This is one. I, it's, it's a quick little story that I haven't told too, too often. Uh, I got my first job at this country club when I was like 14 years old. And I started kind of working there, working my way up, pretty high net worth place. And I was 17, 17 years old, fresh out of high school. And this guy comes up to the bar and he's, he's, he's complaining about his wife getting pissed at their, at their landscaping, looking like crap. <laughs> and so I said, no problem, man. Let me come take a look, dude. I had never landscaped in my life. And I hired like three of my buddies. I said, show up at this address at 7 a.m. and bring every tool in your parents' garage. And we re-landscaped this dude's entire yard. And as we're working, the neighbors are walking their dogs. They're like, what's the, what's the name of your company? What's your business? Okay, I have a business card. I'm like, oh, I'm fresh out. We're, we're green thumbs landscaping. And <laughs> just, I like uh, completely winged it and then ended up doing like half the freaking neighborhood. And that was like, what started my freaking entrepreneurial journey, man, was just, oh my gosh, just faking it. <laughs> Dude, I, I love that. I, I love that, that story. First of all, you know, we share that in common as well, because I also really made my first buck cutting lawns, you know, yeah. like that, that was like my first real true, you know, when I was super young, like wheeling my little lawnmower around, uh, <laughs> technically my dad's lawnmower to the neighborhood, um, you know, doors and just say, hey, you'll cut your grass. But, you know, it's so funny that you just made that up on the spot. And I think a lot of people can learn from just that you know, kind of initiative to figure it out as you go, you know, and, and that's what I'd like really to dive into about you is, is actually building, you know, your business around the lifestyle that you actually wish to create, you know, because I think a lot of people, what they do is they, they build themselves into their business and then they are just suffocating with despair and misery by, you know, their, their, shackled business that that just has them by the by the cojones you know what what would you say is you know something that you've done to really create your 
your business around your lifestyle? Like, is there a, a tip that you can share that you've like, or a mindset hack that, that you've done just kind of dive it in here? Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, for me, it's like, I, like, I always ha- have to remind myself and stay focused on why I got started in the first place. Like I didn't get started in business to grind 80 hours a week. Like, you know, I, I didn't, like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get started in my business to like go buy Lamborghinis and stuff. I got started in my business so I could have time freedom to, to ride my dirt bikes, my sleds, every, all my toys and like follow those passions. Right. Because mm-hmm. I kind of like growing up, man, like I had this like a and B like a, like in my family life and people around me, like super middle-class, you know, everyone kind of just w- worked 40 hours a week at like GM Chrysler Ford. And that was it, man. And then the other side where was, was that? Where, 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 where'd you grow up? Michigan, Michigan outside, yeah. of, outside of Detroit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, automotive capital of the world. So like my yep. entire family grew up or works and or retired from Ford or Chrysler. Right. And so that was kind of all you knew. And then I would, you know, I spent like the most, impactful years of my life surrounded by high net worth individuals that were pulling up in, in Maseratis, Lamborghinis and whatever, and doing whatever they wanted on a Tuesday afternoon because they could, because they own businesses or real estate or they, they managed other people's wealth. And so that really opened up my eye to it. That was when you were valeting cars. Is that right? I was actually bartending then. Oh, you're yeah. bartending. Nice. Yeah. I was bartending and, um, yeah, man, it just showed me a completely different side of the world. Like, you know, everyone else is out at work Tuesday through, you know, Monday through Friday. And these guys are just doing whatever they want, whenever they want. That's really what started it. And I just keep like, I stay true to that every day. And it sounds so, it might sound stupid to some people, but like, not to me. <laughs> like so I'm looking up over at my garage door, like the door that leads to my garage. And I have a two car garage and it's literally filled with bikes and snowmobiles and toys. Like, and so every morning, like I go out into my garage and look at my toys and say, man, this is why I'm doing this. Like, and so I just stick, I stick true to that. And like, just always, always, always count my gratitude for it. Mm, and that keeps yeah. me like, really, really well grounded. Dude, I love that. I mean, that's what it's all about. And I know the happy hustlers resonate with that because, you know, that's what we're doing it for is the time freedom, the financial freedom and the creative freedom that, you know, Chad has, I have now, you know, we're still on our journey. Don't get us, you know, don't get it twisted. We're still like getting after it and happy hustling every day because we have big goals, but Again, you know, Chad is happy within the hustle. And and that's really what I wanted to, you know, bring him on the mic and share with you guys. Let's first dive in to your attraction-based marketing method and mm-hmm. and more in terms of just the digital marketing agency. You know, I know we could talk about a ton of different things um, with you specifically, but I know attention is truly the new currency. Like every happy hustler out there fully can understand and recognize the importance of getting attention for their products or their services. And you do that at the highest level for companies, for brands. So first talk to us a little bit about, you know, your, your digital marketing agency, and then kind of what you see as the best ways to capture attention. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we focus on helping entrepreneurs create a brand that attracts their ideal client avatar. And I think the most important thing with this is, is simply like enjoying the people you work with. That's, that's number one, because like, I feel like at some point or another, everybody has worked with somebody that did not want to work with. And that, that check, that client, that coat, that, that still, whatever it was like, that could have been the hardest money you ever earned because it just wasn't, yeah. the relationship wasn't vibing. Right. Yeah. So that's like the foreground of it is really attracting the people you like that you genuinely want to work with. And we do that around a couple different things. Um, obviously producing content, right? Like putting yourself out there, talking about what it is that you do, how you serve people and who you serve. Um, but really breaking down the four stages, right? Because what it takes to get somebody that's never met you before to becoming your number one fan and buying everything that you put out there, like there's a lot of steps that go through that. And so what we do is we not only attract those people, but we ascend them throughout those offers through and, you know, make them uh, become your best fan, your best fans. And uh, I mean, really the best marketing pieces you could ever have is a loyal fan. Like nobody's more powerful than a fan, right? Um, mm -hmm. So that's really what we focus on a lot. But I'll tell you a quick story. Like when I first got started in this marketing stuff, I worked with this guy and I was, I was pretty early on. Like, and man, I will never forget it, dude. I worked my ass off for this project. And it was like three quarters of the way done. And... I just woke up one morning and I was so sick and tired of working with this guy. He didn't hire me. He didn't hire me as an agency. He thought he was hiring me as an employee and he was a terrible, mm. he was a terrible leader as it was. Right. So I end up re refunding his entire payment and say, dude, mm. it's not going to work, man. I'm sorry. I can't do this anymore. Um, just keep it, keep everything I've done. Right. And so I had to take an out, but dude, that like, Moving forward from that day, I'm like, I'm only going to work with people that I can have an awesome relationship with. And, and that's really when I started to like really focus in on, a, on how do I track those people and ascend them uh, through my business, you know, and, and other people's too, right? Like we do this with a lot of other, especially real estate folks, primarily real estate folks. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, it's been, it's been super fun, man. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, I love that, you know, you really focus on working with people that you actually want to work with because I equally have had similar experiences where I have sold a client or have worked with a different, you know, company, you know, that doesn't align with me, both my morals and values, but also energetically, you know? Right. And so even with my, even with my, um, Montana mastermind very clearly right at the top of the application page. I just say, you know, clients must fit, fit these specific, you know, like criteria, and then they must pass the beer test. Meaning yeah. I must actually want to get a beer with you and, you know, have like a, a, like a nice chat. And, and that to me is a very important test. You know, it's a litmus test that, that I think a lot of people overlook energetically, you must align, you know, and I know you and I just kind of pulling back the curtain for the happy hustlers. Like when we decided to 
you know, work together and collaborate on, on the happy hustle. Like we instantly hit it off. We're talking, right. you know, motorcycles and snowmobiles and hunting and fishing. And I know you live in Colorado and I'm in Montana. Like, you know, there was just good vibes there. So like every meeting that we had every week, I didn't dread it, you know, I, right. and I hope you didn't either, but like, you know, it's <laughs> like, I was like, you know, there's some meetings on my calendar or there used to be where I looked at them and I was like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not about, I don't really want to do this one. Yeah. And so now I look at my calendar and I'm like, you know, I'm like pumped, you know, whoever I got on there is for the most part, I'm excited to talk to, you right. know? And I think it's that, that mentality switch where you're like really focusing on working with people you want to work with. So, yeah. I mean, like you said, man, like, I don't know if there's anything that can burn you out quicker than working with folks that you just do not vibe with. Like, I don't mm. think there's anything that will burn you out. I'm, I'm sure there probably, there might be, you know, it's, it's probably person by person, but for me, it's like, same thing, man. If I'm like, if I see your name on my calendar and I'm like, Oh man, I don't want to talk to this person. <laughs> I got to cut you loose, man. Like that's not good business. Right. You know? So I couldn't agree more, man. Yeah, no, I hear you, man. So let's, let's talk about, you know, just in terms of marketing, like since we're on the topic, what would you say are maybe the top two mistakes you see from entrepreneurs when yeah. marketing their products or services? Yeah, man, dude, the first one, and this is like hands down, number one, see it all the time. And this is like the thing I fix the most in folks' businesses is they're trying to get married on the first date. Mm. And the analogy I like to use, think about an airplane. Let's say the typical airplane uh, lands on a two-mile airstrip, right? When you're on that plane, you barely even feel those wheels hit the ground. You can land that plane nice and easy. But now let's, let's cut that, air, that, that landing strip down to half a mile, right? The plane can probably still land, but it's going to be violent. Like those, <laughs> yeah. those wheels are going to be screeching. The doors are going to be shaking off that thing. And so people aren't properly building out their marketing runway. And I'll give you a quick example. Let's say um, I'm doing a real estate syndication and it's a 506C accredited investors only minimum investments, a hundred grand to, to join this deal. Right. This is just an example. And I think, uh, okay, well, it's 506C, so I can legally advertise this specific deal. Let me put up some Facebook ads targeting high net worth individuals to invest in my real estate deal. Well, just because I can doesn't mean I should, because the simple fact is, who's going to give me a hundred grand that has never met me, never seen what I do. They've never seen my results. I haven't built the no like trust factor. I haven't sold them on my model. They're not problem aware. Like I like... I'm trying to get married to somebody I haven't even, you know, built rapport with yet. Right. And so by doing, by lengthening that marketing one runway and understanding the four different stages of decision-making, the first one being problem aware, you know, they're not hundred percent sure what problem they have yet. So you got to make them aware, make them feel the pain of the problem. Um, solution aware, right. Cause there's a lot of different vehicles, there's so many different ways to solve that problem. Um, number three is uh, brand aware, like sold, sold on your brand. Um, or I'm sorry, sold on the need, 
now they're now they know they need it and then sold on the brand right and so understanding where people are at in those four different stages how you're marketing to them having very very specific campaigns strategies etc to not only hit them at those places, but ascend them through those places um, and having that right offers in place to do so. So, you know, if you're having a hard, anybody who's listening to this, like if you're having a hard time with conversions on, on your ads, your, your funnels, anything, that's probably why you're probably not marketing to the right people in the right stages with the right offers. Mm, yeah. Um, Great point. No, seriously, I just want to extract even further. I mean, the marketing runway, you know, that Mm -hmm. that you have for your pipeline, all the happy hustlers need to just sit back and think about it. Like, what does that look like? What is the first point of contact look like all the way through? Because now, apparently, according to trafficking conversions um, and and some of their metrics, it takes at least 11 touch points with your perfect client avatar before they actually pull the trigger and buy, you know, as an industry standard. So that, if you think about that, you know, that means they saw one of your videos or they scrolled by one of your ads. That's one touch point, you know, and then you need 10 more basically before you actually get the credit card information or make the deal or the the sale. So it, it is very important to heed this advice. Break down those four stages one more time for the happy hustlers, Chad. Yeah. So I actually think I might've, um, I might have switched another one in there, but so stage one, um, you have to make them problem aware, right? They don't know what problem they have. So again, for example, real estate, right? Typically these people uh, either have tax problems, they're paying too much money in taxes and they want to pay less, or um, they want to create passive supplementary income, diversify their portfolio. They're not completely sold that that's exactly what they need to solve their problem yet. Uh, Stage two uh, sold on the need. Now they know. Now that the problem aware, now we can show them that they need to find a solution to their problem. Right. Uh, stage three uh, sold on the solution. Right. Because there's different different vehicles. Right. So, for example, um, real estate versus stocks. Right. Sure, you can go put a hundred grand into a real estate deal, or you can go put a hundred grand into into uh, dividend yielding stocks. They're both going to provide you income. But in my, I want them to come into my real estate deal. I want them to go buy stocks. So in that stage, you have to break it down. Like all the stages break it down, right? But for example, in that stage, now I can go and throw rocks at stocks. Now I can go throw rocks at cryptocurrency. I can go throw rocks at all of these things um, that are other solutions and bridge the gap to why my solution is the best. Um, and then stage four, sold on your brand. This is where having a personal brand behind your business will set you apart from everybody else. People like to do business with people, right? Um, mic drop. Yeah, mic oh. drop. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, for sure. And just to like, so you asked me for two, right? So like the first one being the marketing runway. And then mm-hmm. the second one is like truly breaking down and understanding your own marketing runway in your, in your business, And so like, let's say I want to go create a piece of content or go create an ad campaign. I better know damn well that this video is for people in stages two and I want to move them to stage three. I know exactly where they're at, what problems they have, uh, where to find them, how to target them and the exact type of content I need to give them 
to move them to the next stage and the next stage. Right. Um, and this, it kind of keeps going from there too, because just because you got them uh, to stage four and, and downloading your ebook, that doesn't, that still doesn't mean you got them at stage four to invest a hundred grand into your deal. Mm. And I just keep using that example because it's like, you know, more, it's the most personal example in my, in one of my own businesses, but yeah, man, like that, that stuff's crucial, dude. I mean, that, that alone is like really what separates six figure businesses from seven. Yeah. And seven from eight too. Yeah. I think like there's levels to it. I mean, I, I can even just think about my own business, like, and, and where I go wrong with my marketing, because you're, you're 100% right. Like you have to really make sure that you nail it in each of those four stages, like where are your perfect client avatars along that journey? So I love that you broke that down, Chad. Um, Just in terms of real estate, like I know some people are hearing this and they're thinking, you know, real estate deals and, you know, and, and how do I get into real estate? Cause I know that's another facet of building your ideal lifestyle for you pulling passive income from real estate deals. How'd you first get into real estate and just kind of walk us through your first deal? Yeah, for sure, man. That's a great question. So when I got, when I did my first deal, dude, I was completely broke. I had no money. So I had, a, <laughs> I had a failed business venture, um, at 21 years old. Yeah. Terrible man. Uh, right. As I moved into Colorado, I lose all my, like my savings from everything, got, you know, the whole nine grinding for since I was 14. Right. Um, so I started parking cars in downtown Denver to pay my bills. And I, I didn't live here for more than a couple of days and um, I'm riding my mountain bike and I meet this young guy. I just wanted to make a friend to ride mountain bikes with. And we start to kind of, you know, small talk. And I'm like, what do you do, man? So I just started uh, with these guys. We're going to buy some apartments. I'm like, no, no way, dude. Like, cause I always was interested in real estate. Like who isn't, you know? So I'm like, I, I want to get involved in that. So Adam had a meetup and I ended up going and just like pulled him aside. Like, Hey man, like, you know, I said, what you're doing sounds really cool. Like I want to get involved. And he asked for my business card and he goes, I go, I don't have a business card, dude. He goes, well, come back tomorrow or come back next week with a business card. Um, and you, you'll be somebody I want to do that. I want to work with. And the next day I call him, like, he doesn't answer. I call him again. He doesn't answer. I call him again. He doesn't answer. I call him again. He goes, what? I go, Hey man, this is Chad. Uh, you know, I, I, I went, I went to Vistaprint and I was going to print some business card, but I want, I want that logo on it. So uh, can you have someone send me that logo? And he's like, you son of a gun. And so long story short, um, in that, in that world, like, I'd say, well, hold on one sec. Yeah. That logo, meaning Adam's logo, the guy you just the met, bl- you were, you were trying to work with him for him. And you're like, <laughs> so you're basically asking for a job there or, kind of. or partnership. partnership. <laughs> I love yeah. that. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Hey man, I want your logo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. I just yeah. wanted to make sure we're yeah. that. Yeah. So it's like awesome. in that, uh, in that space, like, uh, for quite a while, like it's kind of just shifted recently. Um, and a lot of it has to do with Adam, honestly, and what we were doing, but in that space, like it, it, it was like this super chase, like chase everything. Like, like, cause basically to do a real estate deal, you need two things. You need a deal and you need, and you need money, a good deal and, and good money. And you're in that world. You're always taught, um, cold call brokers, 
and, and get on their list to find a deal. Um, call, call your aunts, your uncles, see if they have any friends that want to invest, go hang out at uh, country clubs, go to charity events. Right. But the problem with that is if you're one guy, you can only be, you can only be in one place at one time. Right. And so I had seen people building their brand and thought leadership platforms and in attraction-based marketing uh, in other industries, but it wasn't really being used in our industry. And so um, Adam and I really formulated our, you know, our master plan. And, um, you know, I was, I was very much implementer of, of a lot of the things that we were doing. And that's just what kind of spawned it, man. And then I started having people ask me, say, man, uh, I, I saw this and that. And the other thing that Adam was doing, and he said that you built that. Can you, can you do that in my business? <laughs> you know, and so at first, like my, my consulting agency, I used to call it my, my, ugly, uh, my ugly stepchild because I was like, you know, I was just doing this stuff in other people's business and I didn't really have it like broken down to a, like a science like I do now and like a full on business like I do now. So that's that's where it all started. Awesome, man. Yeah, that's so cool. I mean, it, it's just, you know, really diving in head first is what I take away from like your mentality with a lot of these things, you know, both with the yeah. landscaping biz, with the real estate biz, with the marketing, you know, you find the problem and then you just you dive in and you try to solve it. That's what business is, right? Um, in terms of your first real estate deal, like, did you just put money into some one of the apartment complexes or were you like, uh, you know, I'm going to buy a single family home or what was your first deal? Oh yeah. Yeah. So our, my first deal was 83 units in Missouri and, uh, we actively syndicated that deal as a, and I'm a GP on that. So a GP is a general partnership. So they're actively putting the deal together, finding the deal, doing the due diligence, the property management, et cetera, et cetera. Um, whereas your LPs are your passive investors. So, uh, today I've done both, um, done four GP deals and two passive syndications now. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, I love it, man. I love like that mailbox money is just like wicked. Awesome, man. Yeah. In terms of, you know, with a, with a GP versus LP, I just find it interesting because, you know, there's so much, um, yeah. hoopla around, uh, you know, real estate, like what it feel like everyone's got an angle, you know, and, and, yeah. and which is best and which is not. So, you know, for me, I'm just curious. And I know the happy hustlers are too, in terms of setting up, like, let's say, uh, you're buying 83 units in Missouri, you yeah. know, in a, of an apartment, just break that deal down further for us. Like how many people were GPs? How many people were LPs, you know, the passive investors yeah. and like, how did, how did the, the actual deal get structured? And then what realistically would you like, what do you expect from your, your passive like income from that deal specifically? Sure. Yeah. So that deal was structured 70, 30. So GP's got 30% of the deal. LP's got 70% of the deal. We had about 30 passive investors in that deal uh, and six GPs. Um, so you can structure these deals in so many different ways. And I guess like the biggest thing to understand is like as a GP, um, that doesn't necessarily mean you're not putting money into the deal. 
right? Like you can still put up money in, into earnest money, uh, due diligence costs. Like you, you very much have skin in the game, uh, but you also have a lot of time. You have a lot of sweat equity, finding the deals, putting them together, raising the cap. I mean, the list goes on, dude. So like you're working for it. Uh, whereas LPs are just like wiring, they're just wiring They're you know, as, as an LP, like, don't get me wrong. Like you, you very much need to understand, um, how to analyze a passive investment and, and vet a team, like, like, especially in the syndication space, like you said, like there's a lot of hoopla and, you know, I think as of lately, we've seen a lot of syndicators coming out, um, taking on OPM, other people's money. And they don't really have the experience behind the deal. And that's, that's scary stuff, man. Mm. Like, you know, you're putting, you're putting your hard earned money into somebody's hands. So you better trust them and their team and their business plan. So as an LP, you do still want to do some work, but basically you're just wiring the funds and you're a fully passive investor. You're not managing anything. You know what I'm Mm. saying? Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, it's super interesting. So for that deal, your first one, did you put sweat equity in and time or did also did yeah. you put money in too? Or was it just at the time I didn't have any money. So I put all in all sweat equity in uh, the other deals I have put have put some of my own money into as well. Um, and then I have some passive deals. Uh, my passive de- deals uh, this last year, they did about 17 percent um, on the year. So not bad. What is that exactly like? I'm not sure. Seventy percent on the year, meaning I'm annualized, sure. like is seventeen percent annualized return. So you get you get oh, on, okay. on so, all the deals I've done, I get paid in quarterly distributions. Got it. Yep. Okay. Yep. So if you put in, like, give me real numbers, just as an example. It doesn't have to be exact what you made from it, but like, if you put in, let's say, ten G's to a deal you know, what would you, what would you like, what would be a good return on that deal or just like to be expected every quarter? Um, well, it really varies because, um, different syndicators are just going to structure their deals differently. And, um, in order to syndicate a deal, you need what's called an offering memorandum. And that really breaks down all of the expectations of returns and, and basically takes that LLC and securitizes it and allows you to, to, to take money into it. Um, but industry averages, I would say majority of folks are going to be targeting um, 15 to 17% annualized returns um, with like six to eight year holds. So they're holding on to the asset. They're targeting exit. At, you know, year six, year seven. And, hmm. um, you know, I mean, some people, uh, you know, but that's not to say like, I know people who are syndicating deals at like, and they're, they're providing like 9% to their investors. Hmm. You know what I mean? So, um, like a lot of the deals we did because we were newer to the business, like we gave up a lot more of our deal for it to be more attractive to passive investors than, you know, other folks may, maybe would have. Um, so like I said, like it can really vary and it it can get really creative too. Like a lot of people will refinance out their investors and there's different like waterfall agreements and things of that nature. So, um, you know, there's really no one straight answer, but, one of the gr- good things about real estate syndication and just owning real estate in general is the, is the tax incentives on depreciation hmm. and capturing that on your own personal, personal income tax is crucial is 
grade. I mean, <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. That's, I mean, dude, there's so, there's so much there and you're a wealth of knowledge. So that's why I just figured the happy hustlers sure. would love to hear it as would I, you know, just in terms of tax incentives, you know, cause I think that is something huge that now even more as the more I make, the more I focus on how I can keep it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Man. Um, <laughs> yeah. So talk to us like a little bit about how you leverage real estate to save on taxes. Yeah. So the biggest thing is like, since I don't, I don't even own a primary residence. So I rent where I live and, and I, I like to, I just, it's the old Grant Cardone model, you mm-hmm. know, so talks about rent where you live um, and own where they rent. So, mm-hmm. um, so at the end of the year, I get a K one, which is um, an investment form that, that captures um, not only that depreciation, but that, uh, that net in- income loss on that property, you know, because whether it be CapEx, uh, capital expenditures, like fixing the property up, um, there's all kinds of things to different, different cost segregation. Um, a lot of different ways to be able to capture that. I'm, I'm really probably not the best to speak about tax um, because I, I have my own CPA that, I, yeah, that me does too. that for me. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, but yeah, like, so this past year I was really, really focused on, on building out my, my structures and, in capturing as much tax as possible. But here's the truth is I hired somebody to, to do it. you right. You know, so I can like, I get it, but I'm not the expert on it by any means, but yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I think, you know, a lot of times like people be like, Oh, I made, you know, 150 grand. Well, what'd you keep in your bank? Like how much did they take from you? How, you know, all that, like that matters, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. And, and just a, a great point is hiring experts, you know, who are smarter than you in, <laughs> in each of these areas, you know, whether it's for your health and fitness goals or for, you know, your business or for your taxes, it, you know, hiring experts to supplement your weaknesses is a great takeaway there, you know, the and thanks. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, the time, the time versus money paradox. Yeah. You talked about that. Well, no, but I mean, crucial. I'd love to. <laughs> yeah. Crucial. I learned that one. Uh, this guy named Myron Golden. I saw him. Oh, speak, I know Myron. Yeah. Saw him speak yeah. at Funnel Hacking. Line. He was on the podcast too. Dude, that guy's a rock star. He is. But yeah, he's talking about the time versus money paradox. And to learn something, you can either go spend a bunch of time learning it on your own, or you can go spend a couple bucks and have an expert help you do it. But hey, what's which one's more valuable, the money or the time? Well, dude, the time is more valuable. Mm-hmm. The time is more valuable. Like like we were talking about before we came on here, like the crypto webinar I'm doing. Yeah. Right. I had this guy from high school saying, oh, you can go, you guys can go watch this for free on YouTube and Reddit and this and that. I'm like, Yeah. And on my page, on my video, I say, you guys can go learn this stuff on Reddit and scour it for hundreds of hours like I did, or you come hang out with me for a couple hours and I'll do it all in one place for you. Yep. Somebody you know is doing it successfully, right? And so, it's. I mean, that's just the way the world works. And mm-hmm. honestly, like every high net worth individual I know or have in my network is always focused on buying back their time. Yep. That's it. Yeah. Well, and that's a really important takeaway. Like I, I don't know exactly which, um, online digital mentor of mine that I follow, uh, said this, but you know, give away all of your best stuff 
for free. Yeah. But charge for the aggregation of that knowledge. And so what you are doing is you're aggregating all the knowledge that you've attained with your crypto business, which I think it would be fun to dive into as well. I know we were talking about real estate and marketing <laughs> and crypto, but dude, you're all over with this dream lifestyle. And I think it's great that you know you're multifaceted. But it really is. It's a great example. Like, talk to us a little bit about how you got into crypto. And now I know you have a mining rig that's, yeah. you know, basically mining digital cryptocurrency for you and, and makes you money while you sleep. Talk to us a little bit about yeah. A, how you got into crypto and, and B, where you are now. Yeah, for sure, man. It's funny. I was actually just kind of scrolling some old content out of boredom the other day. And dude, I found a post from 2017 of me posting trades on Bitcoin. From twenty, wow. it was at three k. I oh, posted when when it when it broke out from three k. So it's been a while. Um, gosh, I don't know, man. It's been such a long time. Like it's just, it's always been there for me. Not you know, since I was like, was probably like sixteen years old. Back, really, I have this really nerdy friend. He's still my good friend, and he's the one who got me into mining. Com complete geek. Showed me the dark web, and the Silk nice. Road. Right. And I thought it was so cool. And then that like you transacted Bitcoin on the Silk Road. Mm -hmm. That's like when I when I first got started. Um, and then like I just fell in love with with DeFi, decentralized finance. I, <laughs> I'll give you an example, dude. This is really like. Oh, my gosh, it, it gets me fired up thinking about it. My buddy um, bought some sleds. He lives in Florida. He bought some sleds, kept them here, flew in every other week and rode sleds with me. Sleds meaning snowmobiles, snowmobiles. for those people who don't know yeah. the, the lingo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, winter's over. He wants to sell them. And I sold, I sold one of them. And I don't know, it was like 15 grand. And Ch I went to go wire 15 grand to him from Chase Bank. Dude. I spent so much time trying to get that wire to go through. It would not go through. They kept marketing mm. it as high risk. I'm calling them. I'm, I mean, I was so over it, dude. I was so over it. And he, he's a crypto guy too. I go, dude, I'm sending you Ethereum because this is bullshit. And like that within, within 10 minutes, he's got his money, dude. So I'm like, screw these banks, dude. I, I, they, they're really obnoxious sometimes. So I love DeFi um, because it's your money. You should be able to control it. You should be able to do what you want with it. You shouldn't have some conglomeration telling you what you can and can't do. So I love that. Mm -hmm. um, with the mining, it's just passive income, dude. It's just passive income for me. So I have this, the stand of these high-end uh, GPUs that provide computing power across the blockchain and provide verification um, of the encryption of Ethereum transactions. So when I sent him that 15 grand in Ethereum, I had to pay, pay a transaction fee called gas fees. And so that's what my mining rig does is it, is it solves those, those encryptions and, and verifies those transactions and I get rewarded in Ethereum which is sweet. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so basically this is just, you know, me and my layman's terms. So Chad has a supercomputer set up in his house that yep. basically acts as, you know, a, uh, an Ethereum, uh, 
processor for transactions and, and it just you get a, a fee paid out to you, right? Yeah, dude. That's awesome. And you know what's crazy, man? I like I love talking about it because dude, my whole life I was always told money doesn't grow on trees. Well, y'all just weren't planting the right seeds, my man. Yeah, like, yeah, it does yeah. grow on trees. You just got the bad seeds. Yeah, and true. so, dude, I call this thing my money printer because it's my most profitable passive income stream out of all my real estate deals. Wow. Everything I've ever done, this thing just prints me money, and wow. I, I love it, man. It's, how much? How? Just give us the the financials behind it. Like, how much did yeah. it cost you to set that up? And like, yeah, you know, what's the return on it? Yeah. So there were, it cost me 16 grand to buy all these computers or all these GPUs and everything. Is that else. pretty standard pricing for like to set up a supercomputer? That's a that bit nature? Low. To, to build something comparable to what I would have or what I do have, it would run you 20 okay. grand roughly. You got a good deal. Yeah, I got a good deal because I had some buying power, you know? So yep. I wiped out this dude that it, he figured it wasn't for him. Um, but yeah, so what's really cool is like, uh, the, the returns really vary a lot be, based on two things, transaction volume. So the more transactions happening across the Ethereum blockchain, um, the more I get paid. Right. The, and also, uh, since I, I hold my Ethereum that it pays me in, well, right now, Ethereum is what, like two, 2,100 something. Well, those returns change dramatically because I held onto my currency when, when it comes time to go back to a bull market bull run. So, mm. um, but I can tell you this past week, uh, I did about a hundred bucks a day in Ethereum. So about $700 return, uh, in a week. And so, and, and just, I got to ask, like, what's your electricity bill? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it ramped up my electricity bill an extra 130 bucks a month. Really? Yeah. That's it? Yeah. Because I have, I have, uh, like the best GPUs you can buy. So they're very efficient. Okay. Like some of my friends mine with like older GPUs and they're far less, uh, electricity efficient. So, mm. Yeah. Okay. Like, so if I had like solar or something, that'd be pretty, that'd be pretty sick. <laughs> that would be, that's, uh, that's the next step, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. So that's pretty cool. So where, I mean, where do people start? Like, obviously, you know, just in terms of crypto in general, like if someone's like, I've been hearing a lot about crypto, you know, I own Ethereum, I have Bitcoin, I have Dogecoin, like I just mm -hmm. diversified my portfolio. I'm not deep in the game like you, but just someone out there listening, I know the happy hustlers are are interested in passive income as well. Where would you say to get started, like getting your feet wet with crypto? Yeah. Uh, the first is just getting on a good exchange, right? Like, I would never buy any crypto from Robinhood, period. I mean, Robinhood has, has had lawsuits come up because basically what these crappy exchanges do, and believe it or not, Coinbase is actually one of them. During what times do you use? Of, I use uh, crypto.com. I use Binance.us. Those are my two. I'm on Uphold. What's your take on Uphold? I haven't heard of it. Oh, well, heard that'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like the problem is like a lot, I just don't trust a lot, like some of these exchanges. Cause basically what they do um, is during times of volatility, they just shut down access. 
and they'll crash mm. their app so that they so that they don't lose all their liquidity. Oh um, yeah. So that's super important, you know, like really kind of understanding that game uh, first and foremost. And then also I would say just like be careful of scams. Yeah. Like, there's, like it's such an easy industry to create these scams and um, whether that be cloud mining services, um, basically you pay someone in, and they tell you, oh, your investment went to a mining rig and it's going to pay you these returns and they keep paying you off with new people investing like it's a pon- straight Ponzi scheme. Um, you got to be careful of rug pulls, which are like pump and dumps that influencers are going on. Um, like, I don't know. Like Deutsch. <laughs> Yeah, Elon, like, uh, trust. (laughs) Uh, Like, so recently, dude, there's this big thing with, like, um, do you know the FaZe Clan? Like, the video game influencer Mm -hmm. guys. There's this this group called FaZe. Uh, I think, like, three or four of them got kicked out of that group. And it's a big group. Like, it's, it's, you know, really popular. They got kicked out for promoting... Uh, this cryptocurrency to their audience, pumping up the price and rug pulling out their positions. Oh. <laughs> like there's a lot of sketchy crap going on. And like GameStop, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, that's like, you just understand like you're kind of, you're still kind of getting into the wild west a little bit. And so look for utility, you know, look for projects that have real utility that solve problems that are out there for sure. Which um, ones do you like? Gosh, I actually have a a top ten. Uh, I have a I have a um, a cryptocurrency guide. You do well. Uh, share us some I'll links, Chad. Yeah, I'll give it away to to your crew. Uh, oh, damn! Go to uh, just go to guide.chadwhitfelt.com and you'll be able to download it. Oh wow! And in that, you'll be able to find my recommended my recommended exchanges, um, what I recommend to, to store your cryptocurrencies, my top 10 um, cryptocurrencies I hold for long-term um, and uh, what I look for in new projects. And there's a, there's a thesaurus of lingo. It's like 30 pages long. Damn. It is not financial advice. It is just me explaining what I recommend for myself. Yeah, there you go. That's awesome, dude. Thank you for doing yeah. that. And and guys, I mean, obviously, you know, we, we've been all over the place with this one. And <laughs> and I think it's awesome because there's just so many different facets to happy hustling. And, and you know, Chad's just a testament to that. If you want to go the crypto game, if you want to go marketing and really double down on your business, if you want to look for more passive streams with real estate, you know, I think it's so cool to, to have someone like Chad on the mic to share some of these different aspects while still enjoying the journey, you know, and, and Chad, I just want to kind of break down. I always ask all my guests, you know, what was your first hustle? Like the first thing you did for money? Can you recall? Dude, everything, bro. Literally, <laughs> literally everything, dude. It didn't matter what problem you had. When I was a teenager, I was knocking on your door, looking to solve your problems with my hand out. If you were selling an old beater car, your, your yard looked like crap. It did not matter what your problem was. I wanted to solve it. What was the first <laughs> thing? Can you recall? Yeah. Um, <laughs> my, uh, one, of the, one of the people at the country club, 
her son was getting into football. Small, scrawny little guy. <laughs> and she was worried he was just going to get whopped into the ground. Yep. Said, Don't worry. I'll beef him up. Get him in the gym with me. I <laughs> love it. Dude, so I started training this. I started training this, uh, this kid, man, you know, for a hundred bucks a session. <laughs> there you go. Personal traded. I love it. You know, love like, it. And then, yeah, I mean, any problem I, any, like I said, any problem, man, I wanted to solve it, which, you know, might be, might lead to my demise. Right. Like, like <laughs> you said, like I have a lot of different things going on, but, um, you know, a lot of them are, are very, very similar in fast. Mm-hmm. And I just take strengths and multiply them. Yep. Know? Yeah. Great, great distinction there. Awesome, man. Well, I like to ask all my guests basically different questions in multiple disciplines. First being health. Let's, let's stay on the topic, you know, since I know you're big into health. I mean, it's really one of those things I look at, like without your health, nothing else matters, you know, like no crypto mining is going to get you your, your, yourself, you know, optimized or, or your no real estate deal will, will take you from the hospital bed, you know, that disease puts you in, you really need to focus on prioritizing health. And I know that's a staple in your life. What would you say is a happy hustle hack? Will you something that you use or a mindset tool or tip or tactic in regards to health that you can share with the happy hustlers? Yeah. Um, just remember what you don't want to turn up. Like, (laughs) like, like like when you're 60 years old, like, how do you want to, how do you want to be? You want to be walking around with a cane because you so out of shape and you didn't take care of your body. I mean, just think, think 20, 30 years from now, what do you want? What do you want that to look like from your health perspective? Yeah. Right. And I'll be honest with you, dude. Like I'll throw myself under the bus here. Uh, I don't know, a year ago or so, like I got so consumed in my businesses that I let my health slide. And, um, I went and rode dirt bikes with, with this older guy. We're sitting at the fire and he's just got this massive beer belly hanging off his chest. I'm like, dude, if I don't get back focused on my health, that's how I'm going to end up looking. Mm-hmm. And so like when I question myself, like, Oh, I don't want to go to the gym today or whatever. I'm <laughs> just like, you just do it, man. Just shut up and do it. <laughs> yeah. Dude, and also so like, remember that it had like the effects of it have so have magnitudes uh, outside of the physical realm. Right. Like, they completely change your mood, your mindset. Um, I was, it's funny. I, I went and rode mountain bikes with Adam last week we were talking um, and he's like, yeah, man, like every time the healthier I am, the more money I make and the mm. better my businesses run. Like yep. you're, you're a better person. You're a better leader. You're a better business owner, husband, wife, whatever, when you're healthy. Yep. Like there, it, there's just no denying that. So mm. I don't know if so that's true. a hack. I don't know if that's a hack, man, but like, just it counts it counts right like just excuses because the results are there you know so yeah love that man (laughs) no that was a great one uh and i totally agree like the healthier you are the more success you'll have in every area of your life so great point there let's talk about money we've talked about it you know scattered throughout but do you have a specific like happy hustle hack for money in particular like maybe a way to save invest or spend wisely 
that yep. that you could share with the happy hustlers? Yeah, toys toys are paid in cash. Mm. Never take debt on your toys. You stupid, right? Mm. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if your buddies all have the the brand new fifteen thousand dollar KTM and they're laughing at you because you're on a on a three thousand dollar used bike. Screw them. Like that is debt is not for depreciating liabilities, which are toys, trucks, shit like that. Debt is for cash flow, uh, producing assets. And that's it. That's period. No discussion. I don't care who you are, what you say. You can be Grant Cardone. Don't matter. That's, that's the rule of my life, man. Like I will never, ever, ever take a note on a car or anything like that. Um, at least not anytime soon, at least not anytime soon for me. So, and I just feel like when you start doing that, when you start taking out debt on stupid stuff, not only um, are you putting yourself in a stupid financial place, but you're putting yourself in a terrible psychological place for success Mm. because here's the deal, right? Look, I can make risky, riskier investments than you because I don't have five grand of of debt. I got to pay off every month, Mm. right? I don't, I don't have that hanging over my head. Yeah. So I can make decisions that you simply can't make. And I will, conti- I will continue to beat you in the game of business and life if you continue to live that way. Because you can't even operate from the same psychological perspective of me because I don't have stupid debt hanging over my, hanging over my conscience like other people. Mm. Dude, so well said. I love that. And I share the exact same mentality on it, you know like becoming debt free for me, you know, cause I had student loans and then I had some credit card debt. It, it was about 16 G's worth. I remember I was like mid twenties and I was like drowning in it. I just felt like it was such a big amount of debt. Right. And I, I read this book. Um, it was like debt free in 12 months. And then I read, I will teach you to be rich in conjunction by Ramit Sethi. And, and I just took it so seriously within those 12 months, I went from 16 K in the red negative, like in debt to 20 G's positive in the bank. And, and now I'm completely debt free, stay debt free, always debt free. You know, the, again, income producing, you know, assets is the only way I would spend, um, you know, over my budget. But I love that. You just say, you know, toys are paid in cash. That's so well. That's awesome. Love it. And preferably and preferably toys paid in cash with passive income. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Even, even better. Let's talk about entrepreneurship. Um, You know, do you have a happy hustle hack for entrepreneurship? Something, you know, that you've used to grow, you know, your business. Yeah. Um, I, I would, I'd say just going back to what I, what we kind of opened with, like for me, like it's tough, dude. It, it like, I start getting choked up about it because it takes me back to like a really dark place in my life. And, um, you know, when I, when I had that failed business venture and I lost all my money and I was parking cars in 20 degrees of snow and sleet, dude, I was so miserable. I hated oh, yeah. my life. And, uh, that was the first time in my life I ever knew and felt what it was like to not have, I had never been in a place where I didn't know how I was going to keep a roof over my head or keep food in my stomach. And so I had to feel that pain. 
and push through it and, and get to a better place. And so for me, dude, I take myself back to that pain and I remember how much I effing hated it, dude. I was so miserable, but I always kept thinking about what it's going to look like when I push through this. And now that I have some of those elements in my life, I look back to that pain and look back to that dark place and shadow it with the gratitude and how grateful I am for the things that I do have. And I do that every morning, dude. And I just feel like, like if you're not happy, if you're pissed off, it's because you're not counting the good things you have in your life. Because like, I mean, there's so much abundance around us, like just simply, you know, being alive, you have your let, like, you know, being alive and breathing. Like you said, dude, every time I get on the phone with you, dude, you go, I go, how are you? You go, I'm alive and I'm breathing, baby. Yeah, yeah. Damn right, bro. Yeah. Like you're alive and you're breathing, dude. Like what else, you know, what else is, do you need to be grateful for? Um, so that's like just, just crucial, man. So, so crucial. Yeah, dude. I love that, man. And just to to speak to it, like that was a conscious choice that I personally made. And I know you feel the same, but like every single time I, I would ask someone, um, how they're doing i would hear like one of the one of three answers good fine or not so good <laughs> you know like but but and when every time someone asks you that i urge you to think about your response yep. and i changed my response i say every single time without fail it's a beautiful day and i'm breathing I'm feeling blessed, you know, yeah. and my subconscious knows it and, and it really is a beautiful day and, and I'm breathing and yeah. so are you. And so you can choose how you respond to that question and train your subconscious. And, and I just think that's such a great takeaway for you. It's like taking yourself back to that place, coming yeah. through that despair and now getting to where you are now. It's yeah. inspiring, man. One more, one more, and then we'll dive into the rapid fire round and wrap this bad boy up because I know we're running long, but it's been yeah. informative. So, Heck yeah, I like to ask about happy hustle hacks for spirituality. You know, not necessarily one god or another, but I know, you know, for me at least, it's a it's a priority. Like believing in a higher power, having faith. Do you have a happy hustle hack for spirituality that you that you practice? Yeah. And <laughs> this might sound this might sound so egotistical, and I don't care. <laughs> you need to believe in your damn self first. <laughs> believe, like, here's the thing, man. Like, I get asked this a lot on podcasts and stuff, and people are like, "What do you do to stay motivated?" Right? Motivation is the thing that like sticks around for a couple days because you watched a YouTube video. Like, you need to have faith and drive in yourself. And believe in yourself. And so I have this, I have this poster in my room. That's a, it's a picture of me like ripping my snowmobile, just vertical on top of a mountain. I mean, it's a badass picture. I've seen that picture on your it, IG. It's, it's awesome, epic, dude. And on it, there's a caption and it says, be the superhero. You, you looked up to as a kid, be your own superhero, mm. you know? And so like, when I wake up, man, like I, I kind of have my routine, like, a, you know, grateful, this, that, and another thing, but I will look in the mirror. And I say, I'm an effing warrior. Mm. Nothing is stopping me, dude. Mm. And so I just like, I'm my biggest, I'm, I'm my own biggest fan. Seriously. Mm. Love and it. So like, you know, I'm not praying to myself and like worshiping myself, but like I have faith 
and, and believe in, in my tenacity and my journey and my mission and the things I'm on. And I just start there before anything else. Yeah, dude, I love that. And I equally, I have my mantras that I say twice a day, yeah. you know, on many times on my mini trampoline, but I, I make sure I say them without fail. And it, it's again, you know, like similar, just training my subconscious. And you see that at the highest level of these high performers, what are they doing? Well, they're, they're telling themselves a positive story. You know, yep. they believe in themselves. They have faith. So love that, man. All right, let's wrap it up with this rapid fire round, bro. This is basically where I ask you random questions and you're just going to answer honestly. First thing that comes to mind. Are you ready? Yep. <laughs> okay. Favorite food. Go. Sushi. Favorite book. Uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People, Dale Carnegie. I read that twice a year. Love it. Favorite movie. Uh, Ford versus Ferrari. Ooh, that's good. That's just, I, I saw that recently, actually. Uh, spirit animal. What is it? Oh, geez. A freaking, the, uh, what's the half horse, half, uh, a menetard, half horse, half. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it. Love it. Uh, best business advice. Be bold, have a pair of balls, make moves. Hmm. Good one. If you could have one superpower, Chad, what would it be? See the, see the future. Mm. And three things you're most grateful for right now in this moment. My health, my relationships, and uh, not, not having to wonder how I'm going to keep a roof over my head next month. <laughs> mm. Amen to that, brother. You crushed that rapid fire round. <laughs> Chad, where can people go to mer- learn more about you, to find out more about what you got yeah. going on? You know, just tell us where you want the happy hustlers to go. For sure. Yeah, I'm all about friendships. Definitely welcome uh, anybody to just hit me up on Facebook. It's probably where I'm typically most active. Um, if you're interested in a lot of the stuff I was talking about marketing, you can just go to chadwhitfelt.com. Um, just book a, book a discovery call and see if, uh, there's something I can help you out within your business or not. Awesome. And spell your last name just so everyone knows. Yeah. W I T T F E L D T. There you go. Chad Whitfeld dot com guys check it out i mean i would highly recommend if you have a business and you want to blow it up like with like a legit um i love the the term you say attraction-based marketing and a strategy behind it with proven results hit up chad especially if you want that guide for crypto that was super cool chad it's uh guide dot chadwhitfield.com and then yeah this has been great chad any you know final thoughts or, or closing remarks you'd like to leave with the happy hustlers before i ask you the last question yeah <laughs> focus on happy hustling dude like <laughs> real real quick man did you ever see the interview with elon musk where he's like almost in tears talking about how much he works I with, with is it a woman interview? Yeah, interview. Like, yeah, I've seen that. Like dude. it's it's nobody should do this. It's not it's healthy. Terrible. Yeah, terrible. Like, it, like I like the mantra of work your face off, grind, grind, grind. It's crap. The happy hustle mantra, way better every day, every single day. Preach, brother. <laughs> preach. I'm gonna have to put that on my website as like a testimonial inadvertently. <laughs> awesome, brother. All right, final question. What does happy hustling mean to you? Waking up and being excited to take on the day, no matter what it is that's on your schedule. 
Boom. Love it, man. Chad, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge you, man. I appreciate you. Thank you for sharing your love, your light, your wisdom with the happy hustlers. This has been amazing. All right, y'all. Now go out there and happy hustle your dream reality. Peace and love. We out. One more thing, guys. If you want to do more than just listen to the Happy Hustle podcast, but actually implement all the amazing tips, tools, and tactics you're learning here, then I highly recommend you register now for the upcoming Soul Map and Masterclass at thehappyhustle.com backslash soul mapping. That's S-O-U-L-M-A-P-P-I-N. I am pulling back the curtain of my secret soul mapping system. This is how the top 1% of successful entrepreneurs are avoiding burnout, creating healthy work-life balance, and crushing their business goals. And I'm basically going to give it all to you for free. All you got to do is register now and show up. If you're hearing this, that means there's one coming up very soon and that you can be on it. You can meet me live and we can actually break down this soul mapping system and you can implement it in your life so you can increase that income and you can increase that impact and skyrocket your happiness in the process. I really hope I see you on this live masterclass. It's coming up very soon and you better register right now at thehappyhustle.com backslash soul mapping if you want to get a spot. All right, y'all. Thanks again for listening. Peace and love. I'm out. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Happy Hustle Podcast. I truly am so grateful that you took the time out of your busy day to spend time with me. Now, if you got any value from this episode or any episodes in the past, it would mean the world to me if you could please leave a five-star review and share this episode with your friends so we can continue to spread this message. Guys, as always, it's been a blast. Now go out there and happy hustle for your dream reality. Yeah.